I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hi, and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. This is Megan Kani. I work as an assistant program manager with the Takshashila Institution. So on the twenty eighth of February, we are going to witness Rare Disease Day. and to talk about this and national policy on rare diseases in the country i have with me dr harshit kokreja who works as a research analyst with the takshashila institution in the health and life sciences vertical so hi harshit welcome to another episode how are you and i also think this is going to be our third or fourth podcast together yeah so this will be i think our fourth podcast together i think i should do some podcast with other people i'm A little tired yeah. of hearing your <laughs> chirpy voice every time I do a I podcast. More than that, we are always talking about things that are not very happy. I think we are always talking about diseases and COVID and the new variant. And in your last episode that you did with Shri, I think you talked about death. So I think you are more morbid than anybody who works at Takshashila currently. So it's a wonder that we want to improve the life of people. we want to improve society and we are a little apprehensive talking about diseases about death so that is a very important conversation we should have this should be like just pat on our back because we are bringing these uh, topics that nobody wants to talk about into public discourse yeah so so I, i think it's a good thing we talk about these things a lot of if you if you don't talk about health and we don't talk about diseases we don't talk about death i have no idea how we want to improve the standard of living and we want to progress as a society yeah without these conversations you cannot go forward even though they appear a little morbid but the only truth in life is death and disease yeah it's death so if you don't talk about the only the sacred to I don't know what you want to talk about. So, do you think people don't talk about these things, and there are no regular conversations about health and diseases which affect a large population? Is because of lack of awareness? Yeah, I think it is a little to do with the lack of awareness and how closely the community, the health professionals, and the health community as a whole tries to guard the scientific expertise and. how it is not very easy for a lay person to understand maybe some something about a disease but uh, except covid it has been a two to and a half years it was march 2020 when the lockdown started right so yeah. except covid i don't think people have a lot of idea how do other diseases spread how do they work and why do you take certain medicines and thing like that so the health is a bit technical and i think it is a little guarded by the scientific community which makes it difficult to have such conversations yeah for correct and non domain people yeah i you're correct and that's what like even the topic that we are going to talk about that is rare diseases i'm sure there will be a lot of our listeners who are not aware what rare diseases actually are and i think before we move into the discussion further i think it it's necessary to talk about 
what rare diseases actually are. Even though uh, I was reading this document with some study which said that even though rare diseases, as the name implies, are rare in nature, which means that it impacts a smaller fraction of population. There are more than 7,000 rare diseases in the world. And those 7,000 diseases impact more than 300 million people across the globe. So what comes to my mind is, are these rare diseases actually rare? And when we know that there is very little motivation amongst the scientific community, amongst the government to do something about it, there are no financial resources gardener to seek for the device treatments and therapies. And I think that's what makes rare diseases even more rare because people don't talk about them. They don't want to talk about them. And as you correctly mentioned, they're very guarded by the scientific community. So you were talking about that 300 million number, yeah. right? So yeah. That is not one disease, that is a lot of diseases which only a small population are affected. Only, for instance, maybe 5 lakh, 6 lakh people are infected all over, are affected by that disease. So, 300 million is that bunch of diseases, that set of diseases, 6,000, 7,000, 8,000, whatever number we agree, whatever number you read. So, those are mostly 7,800 different diseases, 300 million is the number that is clubbed together. So those are rare, but the group of rare diseases, they make a significant portion of the population. Yeah. And yeah, obviously rare diseases, that as the name implies, so I don't expect people to know a lot about rare diseases, Mac. They're rare. Very funny, Harshit. So like, okay, I just want to talk about, I know we've been wanting to do this podcast for like for a long period of time. We've been talking about rare diseases and then we somehow mutually agreed that we'll do podcasts somewhere nearer to the rare disease day. But how did you end up being interested in this? So I think I've told you the story. Uh, after my final year, before my internship, I did a short stint at Nimmons, Bangalore. So I was in the clinical genetics department. I was looking at patients with neurological symptoms which are affected by genetic diseases. Genetic diseases are basically rare diseases. So the thing is, in rare diseases, in those in these genetic diseases, I think you'll find less than five, four percent of the diseases which have a cure. The other ninety-five percent we are only able to identify. Okay, this is Angel Man syndrome. This is XYZ disease. This is this. And we don't have data even on disease progression. We are not able to offer a lot of treatment options. Treatment options, experimental treatment options are available, but those are super expensive and not easily accessible to Indians because a lot of companies have not launched them. They're not approved. And have you ever heard that drug? It's pronounced something like Zolgesma. So you would have seen in your Instagram feed or somewhere on Facebook. It is a 16 crore drug. Has to be given to children under 2 years. Works mostly with children under 2 years. And is used for a disease called spinal muscular atrophy. And the government did not fund a lot of this. So South Asia has... Before we move on, <clears throat> you said the government did not fund... So this comes back to the point that we started with. Is it because it's rare and it does not affect a large population? So uh, there is no financial support that government wants to put in. It would probably be funding diseases which are 
common to a lot of other people than having spent 16 crores or probably more than that in devising treatments and therapies, which probably affect a very few number of people in a region. Yeah, that is 16 crores plus, it was previously 16 crores plus customs and GST 6 crores. So ah, that okay. came out to be 22 crores. So the government is apprehensive to spend 16 crores on one person and is still apprehensive. The new policies also provide cover of 20 lakhs per person. So yeah, it is a thing that in 16 crores, how many people, how many TB patients you can treat in 16 crores, how many PHCs you can fund in 16 crores, how many safe deliveries, how many doctors you can hire, how many ASHA workers you can pay well. So it is a opportunity cost and it is uh, how you decide or how you allocate resources. And we are a developing country. So we are not that resource rich. And even resource rich countries like NHS and UK, which has the National Health Service, they also have put a monetary value and they do not like give out money to, they have a limit. I think it's 10,000 to 20,000 pounds per year. If a medicine, it increases the life of a person by one year, it should not cost more than 10 to 20,000. There are certain exceptions. They have made some changes, but you have to put a monetary value and you have to see how your allocations are better managed. Correct. And like, so last year, it was like almost during the peak of second wave when we had this national policy on rare diseases in 2021 and so do you think now finally we have we are going more towards the direction when we are talking about rare diseases in India now is the right time that people are also probably interested the government is also showing interest and now it has full-fledged launched a rare disease policy in the country so I would have wanted to see a better disease policy I would have wanted to see more resource allocation to this policy. So what they did was they divided patients into three categories. The first group is for which you give one-time curative treatment and that treatment is proven and that cures the disease. For this, the government is willing to pay and that to support of 20 lakhs. 20 lakhs is a very minuscule amount. A lot of experimental, even the proven ones, they cost a lot because it takes a lot of money to develop money to develop therapies for which the volume is quite low. There's a second group which require long-term or lifelong treatment for instance, uh, diseases which require special diet or which require blood transfusions or which require recurrent medicines or something. Uh, every year or every six months, they require injectables. For that, they have left it to the state government. And the third group, for which definitive treatment is available, but it is like quite high, the cost is quite high, or maybe the treatment is experimental, it is not proven. So for that group, the government has not provided anything. They have said ki will help patients get crowdfunding. So this crowdfunding part was ridiculed by a lot of people that it was already happening and you have left people to die. But that is the question of resource allocation. I would have wanted the doctor in me seeing patients such as this would have wanted the government to fund for everything. But I know that is not possible. But it would have been better if they have put more money. The one thing I would have preferred was if they were put more money in prevention. For instance, they would have put more money in educating 
ground level workers so that they can identify high risk couples who have a previous child with the same disease who are in a consigus marriage who, who marry within a small group couple in which they have advanced age the maternal ages more than 35 40 so if they would have put more money into that and uh, that would have been a better uh, use of resources yeah you are right harshid like if we look at what are the circumstances with rare diseases are especially in india so i think if we look in an idealistic situation it should be the government who should be taking care of people who are suffering for rare diseases and uh, uh, crowdfunding and things like that do not make sense especially in india and while we talk about these things that the government has divided into categories uh, and then it has asked may, may. so why do you say crowdfunding does not make sense in india i think crowdfunding makes sense in india i tell you why so we say that we don't have a lot of resources and we are not able to devote a lot of resources to rare diseases so in that case student private funding be a way so i don't but, think but but yeah if private funding has to be initiated don't you think that the government setting up and initiating a large sum of fund can be the first initial step and then these private corporations or people who are interested can follow up but initial 20 lakhs does not make sense honestly uh, with the disease as rare as these i don't think so 20 lakhs is an enough amount how we're talking about a drug which probably costs 16 crores plus taxes and you say some amount regarding 22 crores so how about government setting up a fund probably in hundreds of crores and then these private corporations follow it up so that drug that is one extreme example obviously the drugs are expensive and it usually costs more than 20 lakhs but we well, less than 16 crores it's like more like 80 91 crores that is it is very different for different diseases depending upon subtype and everything else life expectancy but the private sector the private philanthropy sector moves like way faster than the government and i don't think no i don't think you can say that the government should take care of all the expenses i would want that i would definitely want that i would want nobody to pay for like something as basic as healthcare education or food in india but that is not a possible case scenario when looking at right? yeah that's an idealistic situation but what i meant to say is that government initiating it and the people following it up i completely yeah. clearly agree yeah. with the point that government cannot take care of everyone and uh, that's a very idealistic probably you do so uh, i situation. think it happens in reverse the private sector initiates people go for crowdfunding and everything else and then the government fall off because when they started this when they made the first rare disease policy treatment of national policy for treatment of rare disease in 2017 after some discussion they put that on hold so at that time the people who were supposed to be beneficiaries of the policy they did not get the benefit i think it was some direct beneficiaries i think 140 150 there were certain reports which said that around 150 people could not receive treatment because of this pause so the government is usually slow it has a lot of red tape to navigate so i think it is usually the private sector which steps up and then the government wakes up from its slumber and they're like i think we should fund this i think we're just trying to shrug off the responsibility that the government has but okay we can like we can like let aside this and we can agree to disagree on some things 
moving ahead, we'll talk about definitions. So I was reading uh, that how there is no one particular definition of rare diseases in the world and WHO defines rare diseases differently and countries define rare diseases differently. That's also because not every rare disease is probably common in their region. And that's how you'll find that probably WHO says, okay, if a disease is present in like approximately 5,000 people in a region, then that's what you call as a rare disease. USA probably has some other parameters or other numbers and Japan has something else. But if you look at Indian policy document that came up last year, you'll see that they've talked about all of these things. They've taken examples from the world, but they have not talked about the definition. And there is no one definition in India and it's been a year since then and we still don't have it. So Meg, uh, there's no definition because we don't have enough data. And they have, I think what I liked about the definition part was they have said that uh, they'll make they define rare disease depending on treatment options and uh, how prevalent is it in some part. It could be prevalent like somewhere, maybe in Karnataka and it could be very rare somewhere in Manipur. So yeah, it's true they're not defined. And uh, yeah, and I like the part when you were kind of wrong. You said, ah, let's agree to disagree. That was a typical make move. Yeah, that's how people at Takshashila should like, we have different opinions. And like at one point we say, okay, let's agree to disagree. That we can have two different standpoints. And that's okay. I am okay with whatever beliefs you have. But I might not but, really but, but agree But you were you. kind of wrong, yeah. Kind that's of what do you yeah. think? Yeah. I don't think so. We should like take this conversation and make our listeners think that we disagree. <laughs> I think we can still talk about definitions. Go ahead. What were you saying? Yeah. So yeah, the definitions part is like, they're obviously not defined. So the interesting thing is Orphan Drug Act in the United States. So what it says that, I think it's 2500 or some, there's some number. So any number, any drug which is made for people, I think it's less than 20,000, 2 million, some two numbers, some XYZ number. So if it, there's some drug which is made for X number of people, the government will provide specific incentives and specific the clinical trial requirements are relaxed. So it it led to a spur in innovation and everything else. It made the job of the regulatory authority super easy. They had a definition they could rely on and it was a quantitative definition they could rely on. But it also had some unintended effects. So a lot of, it's called salami slicing. What pharma companies did was they took some drugs which were meant for other diseases and did fancy reporting. And while they were developing them, said they were for some rare diseases or some rare aspect of a particular disease and got the benefits. So yeah, we do need a quantitative definition, but we'll have to like be careful how we frame it. And yeah, there's a there's no good data in India in general and there's no good health data. And rare disease data is like way sparse. So unless we get good data, we I don't think we can get a good enough definition. Yeah, but we do need a definition. We do need a definition. We can look at unintended consequences and everything else. But we do need a definition if you want to look at funding. They do have an appendix in which they list out some diseases, but it's not a comprehensive list and it is a really small list. But yeah, we do need a definition. Yeah, uh, so I think we'll take a short break now and post which we'll talk about what are the challenges that rare diseases spare faces in the world and in India in particular and what are the consequences which occur when there is no one definition. 
I think we're going to talk about it after a short break. Listeners, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Hi, welcome back after the break. So before the break, we were talking about how we don't have data in India and there are no health, there is, let alone rare diseases, we don't have a lot of health data about people in the country. And this becomes one of the primary challenges that why we are not able to uh, develop further in this pair of rare diseases, even though in the past, even though when in the past decade, we have made a lot of medical advancements. So apart from this, Harshit, what do you think are probably more specific challenges? I know one is the financial restraints and constraints that we have talked about because it's extremely expensive. It does not affect a large number of people. There are There is no enough support that has come forward to probably device treatments and therapies. And now on one end, we have this problem of lack of data in India. And what do you think are other challenges which are stopping the growth of progress in this pair? So I think, yeah, so the prevalence, the number of people who are affected by rare diseases is the number one challenge. And because of that, you don't, as you said, we don't have companies and even little companies don't have an incentive because the chances of them getting a good drug and then making a profit is quite low. And they have to charge a lot if they want to recover their cost and make a profit. You don't even have researchers and scientists and institutions looking at rare diseases because they are rare. And if you write, if you discover something new in maybe diabetes, you get into a very prestigious journal, you get fame and you get funding. You can secure funding for diabetes, you can secure funding for hypertension. Try securing funding for some rare disease and it is like pretty difficult. So the incentives for researchers, even academic researchers who are at government institutions. Harshit, I don't want to like I don't want to stop you on that point. Like few minutes ago before the break, we were talking about who should be held responsible and we had this disagreement about private corporations and government. Don't you think the government can step in and probably secure grants? You spoke about how it's much easier to secure funding or grants for probably when they found something new in hypertension, diabetes. Don't you think government can play an important role here? Okay, if not about funding, but helping in research and helping in kind of data. So you have 100 rupees. What do you think would be a good way to spend that 100 rupees? Spending that somewhere on uh, maternal and child nutrition, healthcare, or spending that, let's say, some liposomal storage disease or cystic fibrosis or some disease like that, which affect a small population. I completely agree with you. Maternal and infant health in India are extremely poor and... If we even focus on SDGs, we need to focus on that. But I'm also saying if we look, if we follow that approach, then no one will ever probably want to fund for it. Because you spoke about how private corporations are probably seeking more for profits. They're looking for profits. And if even if states stop providing grants or funds, so man, probably I, I, I was talking about private corporations and researchers also. Researchers, scientists, healthcare professionals who are working even in a government setup, you want to publish, you want to, if you want promotions, you want fame, you want to publish, you want grants, you want to publish on a, a disease which has focus, you don't want to like write about or even if you want to, you can cannot secure funding. Uh, I think instead of like putting money in research, that money would be better be put into somewhere 
in counseling and as i said in counseling in preventing these diseases and it would be better if you would allow people who are doing research on rare diseases to get tax breaks maybe for instance if i order a machine with cost me like 10 crores not put gst on that and not put custom duty on that so that would be helpful if i'm able to do that and like the a lot of drugs which have not been tested as extensively because the population the sample size is much lower that same way that fda approves drugs in uh, us like allow them to be passed here so it would be much easier for companies the cost of developing a new drug would decrease yeah and maybe fund into research which helps you repurpose existing drugs into therapies for rare diseases this is also a line of research and nowadays even artificial intelligence is used to repurpose even in covid a lot of people were trying to develop therapies from scratch but if you want to use existing drugs if you want to use existing manufacturing capacity and uh, if you want to use existing approvals and if you want to use a safe drug it is and you are a, in a resource constrained environment it is all a wise decision to repurpose pre existing drugs so i don't think the government can fund research into this at least the indian government cannot we have a lot of areas in which you put money that could get you better results but yeah that's that so are you trying to say like maybe we can divert a focus on maybe preventing rare diseases and then how you spoke about probably making giving training or communication tactics to health workers on ground to make people even so, more aware yeah so that is what I have, i'm not trying to say that i'm saying that should be the government's primary focus if we say that we cannot we don't have enough funds to treat people with genetic diseases with the best we can do is put that money in prevention and that would be super helpful yeah training prevention counseling and even though i'm not expecting every asha worker or anganwadi worker to look out for genetic diseases and stuff like that but what i ideally expect is at least they should be able to redirect the couple like the high risk couples the couples which had uh, babies with similar uh, diseases previously or someone in their family had or uh, who are of advanced age or who are it tribes or who lives in who live in society where consanguineous marriage or who marry within a select like a small group to be referred to a person trained in this that would be a much better use of money instead of putting that money into research of rare diseases that ideally that would we should put money into research but looking at how stingy the government is with money when it comes to the health sector the money is better used here yeah i think you what you were saying is is making sense that probably putting in money in at the moment can might not be the most feasible idea but like we are talking about rare diseases when probably doesn't affect us or people around us but for someone we are talking about rare diseases on rare disease day because it's approaching us there are people there are 300 100 million people around the globe who are living with rare diseases every day and even if symptoms don't appear very very early in their lives they're probably living it the most parts of their most years they're living with it so an economic financial burden with that kind of burden it becomes extremely impossible for them to get their own treatments so what i think is that governments governments around the globe should 
start working on incentive based care they're also they should also focus on preventive care so that we can save as many people as possible what do you think about it it is like quite impossible if you are suffering from a rare disease to get treatment at least in india yeah we do we do we want the government to sort of let go of regulatory hurdles and let people develop new drugs and give them like maybe some sort of monetary incentives or some incentives to give people and companies some sort of incentives to create and repurpose new drugs and the most important part is prevention so if you are able to prevent rare diseases that would be the ideal scenario in a country such as ours that is what i think would look like a good policy and so the government has created eight centers of excellence these are the novel aims and the uh, institute of eminence nepras centers of eminence these are the normal tertiary care hospitals or institutes which are named every time so i do agree that tertiary care we need specialized tertiary care but more focus should be on preventing them and that has to start at the primary level at the level of phcs at the level of angad bodies Yeah I think you're correct with saying that it will not make sense having these eight centers of excellence I think centers of excellence across the globe if we do not stop these rare diseases at the level when we can actually prevent them at the first stage Yeah if we employ these preventive strategies successfully we would be able to make rare diseases even more rare so that a lot of population don't suffer from these and i think at a point when we are able to decrease their prevalence then we'll be able to we'll be in a much better position to fund to put money into the treatment of the people who are left even though non diseases such as these will maybe they'll increase if, even though if we are able to reduce prevalence of the existing disease new diseases and new type of disorders may be found as medicine progresses and as science progresses but it would be the best thing if we are able to make rare diseases even more rare yeah i think that would be our best shot right to probably reduce the prevalence of these diseases and you correctly said that there is always a possibility for new rare diseases coming up there is always a possibility like that but right now what the best we can do is probably work at the most basic level and prevent them from happening and reduce the prevalence and then probably we'll be in a better position to take care of people or to probably fund research more and uh, with that i think we would like to end this episode of all things policy uh, listeners please keep tuning in for our new episodes we'll be back with another episode tomorrow thanks everyone okay thank you bye bye thanks harshit bye If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs. Check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in.